good morning and also good whatever time of day it is where you're at. So reverse the motion. Uh, there's all kinds of motion happening. There's the motion of people talking to you, uh, the news, uh, your environment, your sangha, your uh, relationship dynamics between you and your partner, your children, uh, your friends, your enemies for that matter, or the people you have uh, difficulty with. There's all kinds of things in motion. I don't need to point that out to you particularly. So when I say reverse the motion, it's pretty hard to do that. But it's a way of talking about it. So first be really aware of the, of the motions. And this is what we're doing. When I, the way I teach meditation practice, as you know, just precisely this. Just a, a radical, radical meditation. It never gets really radical. It gets kind of radical because we keep what? Fluffing it up, tamping it down, moving it over, uh, evaluating, laying little labels on, well, this is, and that shouldn't be, but this should happen, but not that. Don't do it. When I say don't do it, how do you don't do it? You don't do it by watching the way you do it. You have to address the confusion, the delusion, the difficulty, the passion, the aggression, the ignorance, uh, and so on and so forth. So fifth, so sixth. Don't give up. Keep doing it. You aren't this particular path are not going to be much happening in the way of results. A result might come to you in the form of someone else saying, you know, I notice you don't interrupt me quite as much as you used to. Reverse the motion. So look at the motion and the motion you if you're listening here on some level, you're probably doing some kind of a motion that slows way down when you get to the cushion. You come to the cushion. That's the motion. Watch that motion. That's not before you meditate. That's meditation. Watching movement, watching movement. I don't set aside something called, we call meditation and action. I don't teach that. I teach meditation. I practice meditation and action based on teachings, including Trungpa uh, Rinpoche. But, and I'm not, I'm not against that. If you have a teacher, if you have someone who's teaching who can work with you in that way and you want to do any kind of meditation and action, please go ahead. But if you're listening to me, I say, keep it very simple. The last motion you should be watching that's a, a gross form of motion is the body moving towards the wall, towards the cushion, sit down, bow to the cushion, bow to the community, bow to the world, and then turn around and uh, sit on the zafu or the chair or the bench or, 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 or whatever you're sitting on, and then begin to observe what moves, which is can be anything from the breath to the diaphragm to um, thoughts about what you should have done before you got to the cushion. What you're going to do after you get through wasting your time on the cushion, because quite often that's what the ego mind is saying to you. This isn't working. Why am I doing this? Just because that old man said to do this? Probably not. I don't really have any followers here. I've been looking for them so I can kick them out. <laughs> How do I kick them out? Push them around. And of course, I'm being silly, but I'm just saying, it, I don't, I'm not going anywhere. There's nobody to follow. You need to look at, you need to look at, you need to observe whatever's moving in your mind stream. That mind stream does not belong to anyone. That's another way of saying everything is without a self, which was what the student talks uh, addressed yesterday. Some of them. Everything is without an identity. It doesn't mean it isn't there. It isn't brilliant. It isn't shining. It isn't knocking down walls or building walls. It just means there's no one doing that. It is, it, is a, it is a motive, it's like an um, electromotive force, uh, electricity, uh, and I'm not an electrician, so I'm just using that because it showed up. The power of something moving, 
You can't even see that kind of move. You can't see electricity move unless it gets out and starts to show off in the form of lightning. <laughs> so come to the cushion, watch your steps, come there, sit down, hold still. So when I say reverse the motion, it's pretty hard to do that. But if you endeavor to do that, what happens? You begin, begin to become sometimes even painfully aware of how much motion is going on that is not obeying you. I mean, just because you can get the body mind to get up and go to the kitchen and uh, open a box of Oreos and then have the, the self-discipline to put it back. Maybe I won't eat those right away. Again, another silly comment, but it's like that. It's like we're working with our mind in very simple, mundane ways where we're little irritations that other people might not even know about that irritate us about the way we move through our world. You're not going to see too clearly how you move through your world unless you see how you move through your mind, because that is your world. You are actually looking at your mind. Don't believe anything I say. Don't disbelieve it. Don't look away. You hear me say that hundreds of times because it's important. Take my word for nothing. You can, you can listen. I can give you some suggestions. And some people, if you're fully ordained as a monk, it's probably going to be a little bit stronger than a suggestion. But if you're not, I, I have students I've talked to for years and years that have no, have no, no real commitment to me. Not formal anyway. I don't know. They might have one. Not interested in that. Don't need it. This, I'm not taking exception with any other teaching style. I just can't do this any other way. And I'm not doing it out of somebody's instruction, other than I couldn't do this if I hadn't, uh, if I hadn't had a couple of amazing teachers. So reversing, reversing that is, uh, is just, a, as I said, just a way of bringing your attention to the, how much you, something occurs and we, we reproduce. We reproduce thoughts and ideas and comments and considerations about that analysis of it. And we validate that. We back that up with all kinds of logical ideas about what's up, what's not, what's right, right, what's wrong, what's correct, what's incorrect, and so on. Based on, we always have a lot of backup for everything. Logic is very handy. And reason is very handy but you need to lead with your awareness and the awareness doesn't know anything. The awareness does not think. The thinking process is great. It's like having a kidney that works, but don't try to make the kidney jump rope. It's not gonna be able to do that. You can't convert this into that and this into that, even though some teachers teach that way. And if they do, and you wanna do that, go find them. So what am I getting at about this particular topic? I, I'm always talking about the same thing anyway. Awareness, awareness, about awareness. It's not about what arises in the awareness. And that's so, that's so uh, magnetizing and so seductive. What arises, regardless if it's a nice thing, uh, uncomfortable thing, no matter what it is, it, it has a hold of us and it wants our attention. It wants our attention because that's where it gets the nourishment for being somebody who's giving their attention. So the idea is to sit down and watch uh, what moves. The idea is to receive whatever is moving. And the, the delicate area, when I say delicate, it's because it's just, it's, it's paper thin, it's onion skin. It's like, like, um, it's like 
It's not even feathers. It's like memories of feathers. It's that thin. It's barely there. But it is there and it is a wall. And why is it such a, uh, why is it so wall-like? Is because thoughts are even more subtle. So when they run into that wall of, of consideration that is, uh, that masquerades as respect, then we turn it around and it's barely noticeable. We turn around what was uh, receiving, what was happening, the generosity of giving everything your attention, and we turn it into very, very subtle warfare. That's what the feather would probably say. Because it doesn't want to be seen as being against anything. We're trying to cultivate something where we're okay with everything. Don't do that. Meet everything that moves. Meet everything, everything that comes, positive, negative, and neutral. Find out who you are without a doubt. So you have no doubts. If you have doubts, you have work to do. And you could say, do I have doubts? Well, yeah, I couldn't teach if I didn't have doubts. <laughs> Might be a little bit of difference. If you ask questions, I can address that, but I, I can't teach out of that because I don't have any knowledge about it. Juju. Juju, you just said, um, meet everything where it's at. It seems like my first reaction of meeting something is uh, disagreeing with it or being against it. So what does, you just how said is it. that not That's, meeting? It is meeting it. Watch the agreement, watch the disagreement. Don't take, don't take, except don't start producing ideas about that. Uh, it's, it takes, uh, if you, if you understand what this is and you learn what, what this is, and when I say learn, it's not about acquiring knowledge, but you, you begin to understand with your direct perception of what this is, uh, then you're no longer at war with anything. Even the most evil, terrible energy comes your way, not at war. This doesn't mean you won't punch them. This doesn't mean you will, you will let them, um, uh, just put a story in story form, make very difficult karma for themselves by you trying to be a humble, kind, loving person, a little bit of some kind of stupid image of what that's about. Instead, you help them. You take that karma away from them. You be the evil one. Bam. Do I mean that? Not really. Don't do anything I say. Don't believe anything I say. Consider it. You can consider it. You just heard it. But I'm not authorizing anyone to hurt anyone or go into that territory. But I need to use that kind of an example to say that's what it may feel like to you. I can't really let this energy uh, get out. It's hard. That's why almost everybody here is, has, is uh, ordained or lay ordained or fully ordained. That's about return to the vow. You want help? Save all beings. Put others before yourself. If you put the most evil, difficult, horrible person, and we've got a lot of examples these days. Uh, I don't know if those words even work. No, maybe insanity is better. But meet them where they're at. Don't chase them down. Don't go after them. Meet them where they're at. And that means you're going to be meeting them where they're at in your own mind. Because we, it's very difficult to relate to something directly if you're thinking about it and analyzing it, judging it. Even though you'll have all kinds of relative things backing up that, yeah, you're probably relatively right about this. But that may not be the kind of authority you need to interact with that while you're walking a spiritual path. You may need to do it in a more subtle, refined, gentle way. Which can also have a sharp, a very sharp edge to it if the causes and conditions 
are there where you can actually dance with the phenomena as it arises, as your own mind, as the other person's mind, and as, as your world without concluding anything. As soon as you conclude, you might as well be putting on a blindfold. Go ahead. It still looks like I meet everything with warfare. I'm still confused how that's you just, meeting everything. Just continue. I know we've talked about this a lot. You don't, don't, when I say don't, I wouldn't, might not say this to everyone, but speaking to you, uh, people get to eavesdrop. I'm saying to you, don't fight with anything. Even, and especially don't fight with warfare. Because if you try to stop it, that which is trying to not be at war is also that which is trying to be at war. And we have uh, an internecine struggles in our own consciousness, trying to be better, trying to improve. The fundamental uh, uh, misunderstanding is identity. There is no one. There's just anger. And it's, there's no propeller behind it. There's no person. There's no identity. That's not something you believe. That's some, not something you disbelieve. And that's not somebody you have any, any uh, proof of. All, all proof is it, all evidence is partial. <laughs> A little bit. Just keep going. You're a young woman. Just keep going. Keep practicing. As long as I'm here, I will help you. You have a sangha. You have a strong sangha. You have a community. It's not thousands of people or hundreds, but it's a few dozen. Go ahead. Killed, <laughs> killed anybody yet? <laughs> so you know, I, I, when I'm saying that, I'm I'm joking, but I'm saying you because you're in a you've been here for a few years, living in a monastery, and you received yukai, and you're working with those vows. Uh, you may be working with them in a different way than others. Your particular dynamics are different. We've talked about this a lot, so I can't say too much here without being personal, but I would say, I, you're doing it. You're just, just don't give up. You're doing, the fact you can even ask me those kind of questions tells me you're very aware of what's happening there. The thing is, the awareness of something doesn't reduce the, the abrasiveness of it. It could make it more powerful because you're when I say not just you, but anyway, you're finally you're finally not going to avoid the negativity that you've been trying to change all of your life. You're finally going to be what genuine, like uh, the Vidyatara said. Be genuine. It only took me several decades to understand what that meant by contemplating it constantly. Another question, Shoto. Um, paraphrasing the idea of there's not a self, but there's it's just the anger. So if, if there's not a self, what is it that's having anger show up more frequently in some people than others? Just, just causes and conditions. You can't trace it down because it's too complicated. It's just too, it's too, it's not that it, you can't trace this or trace that, but what happens, we, we're so anxious to conclude or control or do something or that we conclude something, we call it evidence, and then we can, what, in, in, in our society, you can go to court and if the evidence stacks up in a certain kind of way, you can kind of, you know, get some compensation for that. But the way we're doing it on a spiritual path, it's not about collecting evidence. It's about directly perceiving, directly seeing whatever is occurring in front of us that has an apparent otherness to it. Directly see it. Same as uh, uh, looking at the uh, situation that's arising that is triggered by things outside the emotions someone does something where uh, emotions are triggered and just observe uh, that's just one more thing to observe uh, the noises in the street the person walking down the hallway 
um, CNN reporters and, uh, and the, the thoughts, feelings, emotions, and difficulties that are rising in your mind stream that, uh, that masquerade as someone. So the, and the, of course, the, the thing that happens, we get tricked into thinking because we think we're somebody, we get tricked into thinking we need to get rid of those feelings or straighten up in some forms of uh, teaching, uh, Buddhist teaching and other teachings. And uh, teachers uh, talk about doing practices that help you calm down. I'm not interested in you calming down, nor calming up. I'm interested in you seeing your true nature. And so that may, for a while, I'll get to you in a minute. For a while, that's going to look like an otherness that is called your emotions. And of course, that creates me and my emotions, the, the, the duality that is all over the place. So it seems to be necessary to be, really be responsible, the re, not, not blame, the ability to respond to whatever occurs. And how do we respond? Just receive the most perform, profound form of generosity. Go ahead. Did you say that the emotions are a quality of other? They look like it, don't they? I didn't until you said that. <laughs> yeah, it's the otherness. Nobody owns anything. There are no there are no walls of the mind anywhere. Those are illusory, and they're they're based on on hope. Hope I can get over that wall, and fear that uh, that whole wall won't hold back the demons. I say, make friends with those demons right away. Go ahead. Originally, I would have considered my emotions the subject part. So that's if the emotions are other. What's the subject? That's same thing. If the mind is trying to find a reference point. You don't need reference points. If you, if you need a reference point, then it will show up just, it'll just spontaneously show up. And it's like, um, I don't know, like, like a, a door handle, you know, doors without handles, not a good idea. I mean, it might as well be a wall. Does a great China wall have any door handles? Yes. Um, the top title reverse emotion. Yes. A lot of times our emotion, our emotions become habitual yes and when something's really entrenched how can we begin to um, work with the, the yeah. solidity of that so in the sitting practice uh just look at the trench just look at the groove just look at keep it as uh, radical or fundamental or minimalist as possible so and that's you can probably tell you're doing that because it's abrasive excuse me because it doesn't feel good so in meditation then when you're up and moving around interacting with people Again, just, just watch in so far as you can look at the texture of it. The texture tends to, it won't do away with it and it could even increase the feeling, but it kind of, uh, kind of depersonalizes it because it, it needs almost needs to have opinions and ideas and judgments and concepts and evaluations flocking around it for it to actually look like a real mountain, like birds. They kind of make it look real because look, it's there, but that mountain is a, well, you've created it. I've created it. Can we go into our negativity without being negative? That's the only way you can do it. <laughs> That's How the only way. Because if you go in, well, you don't need me to explain that, then I won't. <laughs> the question shows up is, so if I have a consistent negative characteristic or something that comes off a particular way, yeah. um, I, out of fear, I make sure that doesn't show up or I I push it down. So how can I go into that 
that negativity without it being externalized. So the way you ask the question, you're already doing that. You're just not getting any, you're not getting any reference points from it. You're already doing it. Just keep going. It takes a while. Uh, this is why it's called mind training. It takes a while to, uh, just say it very bluntly, depersonalize something that feels very, very personal. It feels like you, Jason, are having these emotions. And if you didn't have those emotions, then the Jason, if you are, would be, phew, relieved. But no, that, if, you, if you see through those emotions and see that those are unreal, then you have all the emotions of everyone you meet from then on, the whole world. Good luck. When I am working with my emotions, I notice that showing up is that I'm working with them with the idea of what it would be like without those. <laughs> is there a way to work with that identity to create that is the one that doesn't have negativity? Paraphrase your question. <clears throat> In order to work with my emotions, I create another identity. Or an That's idea. pretty sneaky. <laughs> of what, I, what things would be like if I didn't have those characteristics. Okay. And I'm wondering when working with the negativity directly, is there a way to also work with that other identity that pops up with the relative mm -hmm. relationship to working with negativity? So the, the fundamental difficulty is uh, that we think there is somebody. We think the emotions are there and they are must be somebody here having the emotion. And there is, uh, the emotion is there, the feeling is there, but it doesn't have any center. There's no self in the, in the skandhas of the uh, human being or, or anything, and there's no self in anything else. Everything is without a self. So for you to try to create some other person who's kinder, create a bodhisattva ideal, and by going to maybe looking at the, the 10 boomies and try to see which one of those would be, uh, exemplify your particular part. If you even do that, I don't know if you have, but uh, what was your question? I think just distilled down, how can I stop fighting with just being negative? Just watch the fighting. Because if you, the, the, the fighting is there and the negativity is there and it's just, you know, especially if you've been meditating for, nine, 10 years, whatever you've been in pretty strongly practicing all that's pretty humiliating to, to feel like you're going backwards or to feel like all this meditating, all this time, all this time sat on the cushion. And yet there's still this, this wish or desire to be a better person who is negative. Is that pretty close? Yeah. And I'm just saying, just watch yourself do that. Don't fuel it with, uh, with, with any kind of, uh, how much better you're doing or, uh, or don't feel it uh, in the other direction by how much you're failing or put no, put no reference point on it. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you have that negativity without suffering? <laughs> um, what is suffering? I guess right now the way it shows up is if I feel depressed, like that is visceral and it affects everything mm -hmm. I do. And okay. so if I'm not trying to get rid of that, I'm wondering, can that still be there and not be just an oppressive feeling? Well, it may still be an oppressive feeling, but there's no one having a feeling. So you're no longer concerned. And this is just a way of talking about it. It's, uh, it's I'm being conceptual about it. But it's a little more subtle. 
perhaps in, in someone's perception of it. But there's no, uh, there's no, no person, there's no personhood having that. So beginning to see through that there's no one doing that. There's no, there are no, the, the way it sometimes expresses, there's no, there is no bodhisattva and there are no beings to say. And so therefore you still have to relate to the world that is in horrible pain. And so the pain that comes for you is just, just to, it's fine. You're not inviting, uh, you're not walking into a bonfire. You're not a martyr. If the pain goes away, fine. If the pain comes back, fine. I don't say that you're, you're saying fine, but you just notice it because you've trained your mind to just receive what's there. No more warfare with anything. No more war. This doesn't mean, as I said before, that you, if somebody comes in your direction, that you're so not separate from anything. It's not, it doesn't mean you're all one. That's baloney. That's a misunderstanding. That's ego's language or trying to keep people from investigating the nature of the mind. But we're all one, aren't we? No, we are not all one. We're not separate. That'd be like the, the thumb accusing the little finger of not playing along. Those feelings can be so consuming that you can, I yeah. can forget everyone that's around me. And I'm wondering, you know, particularly if you have a partner or in this situation or I'm ready to respond. Forgetting every uh, one around you, if you know what that is, this is awakening. When that there isn't anyone else but you, but it looks to the the one on the on spiritual materialism thinks they're getting somewhere. They're going to be a Buddha or be a great wonderful Bodhisattva who's going to go into and join Kashiti Garba in hell and pull everybody out of the fire. different when the forgetting of everyone else is because you're only thinking about yourself. You know, you realize there isn't anyone else but you. And there isn't anyone else but them. And it's not separate. But it's scary to ego, especially to the ego who, the self-centered mind who is trying to pull themselves out of this labyrinth of samsara and into some into a spiritual path. And you somehow train their mind so they can see clearly, so they can stop adding to the confusion of others, and let alone their own confusion difficult because the polarization is so simple plus and minus right and wrong up and down back and forth the whole situation is not separate and there's the non-separation goes so far uh, that um, you feel like nothing has happened you feel like nothing is happening the the passion it's just uh, you know it's a, a sunshine and clouds and, and rainbows uh, uh, storms and hail and thunder, uh, peace and war. That's why I say don't go to war. Don't go to peace either. Don't go anywhere. Save all beings. How do you do that? Stop Stop refusing them, objecting to them, and making them otherness. And don't go the other way and make them all, you know, your followers. More? Just one question that shows up is, um, is, there should be any going out to include, you know, if I'm with Senshu or with somebody else and I'm having these feelings to, to just consider they're in the room as well. Yes. Yeah. It's just a, it's called the middle way. If you're, if you're not really concerned with how you look to others and how you appear, you know, making sure you function a certain way so they won't think ill of you or, or, and, 
judge you're already judging yourself. We all are on some level. So you're already doing enough of that. So you don't want that kind of uh, feedback from anybody particularly. So that being said, if you see there's no one here, I'm not saying there isn't somebody, but the, the one who's there is not solid, is not a solid ongoing, um, is not threatened by anything. So therefore, even the negative feelings that come, it's like uh, one of the practices in the Bodhisattva path is to, as you receive the negativity you've been fighting with, bring everybody else's in. All beings that are suffering and the way the suffering I'm dealing with, give me everybody's suffering. Not particularly heroic because there are no medals. There are no heroes. There are no practitioners. Therefore, we practice. More? Give me some hard questions. Go on. Um, earlier, you said the phrase meditation and action, and that you used to do that, but you say <laughs> sit down and look at the wall, and that's meditation. Is there a difference between meditation and awareness practice? Well, different concepts or words. So, I mean, if you look in Wikipedia, there's lots of meditations in there, lots of definitions for it. I use it because it's a simple word, but it's, it's awareness. It's training the awareness to see anything that's moving in the awareness and not only see anything that's moving there, but to see, see the very nature of awareness. Is there someone who's aware? Is there something that that someone is being aware of? That's the very nature of, of the dualistic uh, framework and the politics of experience go wild in that area trying to be right and wrong and up and we should, we shouldn't, they should, they shouldn't. You can't have a conversation without, without being drawn into someone's polarities, uh, which they may think are just true and untrue. You don't realize that they have opinions about things. Interesting thing about opinions. More. So sometimes you say, go to the texture or you know, look at the collar. I do. Um, we practice different forms. We do. Um, so what's the difference between awareness practice with those things and meditation and action? So as I said, I don't, I don't really, I'm not going to stop someone from trying to be aware as they're uh, vacuuming the floor of them. But I, I don't, I'm interested in creating the sitting practice, slow everything down and use that form as a way of sharpening the blade rather than try to sharpen the, the blade in the middle of chopping vegetables. Pardon me. So I don't think I covered the, the other part of your question. So you have, you said awareness, meditation. It seems like sometimes though, you could, it seems like you could use the phrase meditation and action you or could. looking at their collar, or um, doing the forms. You could. You could. You could. But well, the Han and Bell and the Sutra practice that is a form. That that is that is a stylized or a scheduled or timed or uh, structured meditation and action uh, that we all participate in. But the, the there's still a lot of movement in there. There's personality moving around. It's about being aware of the personality, not getting rid of it. I didn't spend. 
four years in the Marine Corps to find out what that kind of form is about, control, and the whole Zen tradition. I'm not saying everybody, but quite often in Zen tradition, because of the macho situation of the culture, they're about controlling people, yelling at them up they you can't you can't function as a person. You have to. It's a, you're force fed the teachings. Not incorrect. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying I don't do it. And it was probably very necessary for centuries to teach it that way, just because of the cultural context that these teachings arose in. It's different now. Different situation. Go ahead, Chisho. Uh, I wanted to go back to Junchu's question. Um, in the context of uh, dependent origination, uh, how, how can we or what do we produce in order to help others? It's <laughs> a good one. So uh, if you are uh, watching what is produced by others, you know, there's their, their, their language, their talk, their confusion, their, the appearance of whatever's happening with them. And you're also receiving and you're observing what is being produced in your own mind, not only as, uh, as spontaneously coming out of your karma of just being a particular living being, your karma from the 18th century or wherever, and also the, the production that is happening triggered or spontaneous that is coming out of a reaction to what anything they're saying that is that turns off the receiving part of awareness into the, the production. And that production may be, you may never say anything to them, but you might have ideas that are kind of judgmental about them. And it's not about getting rid of anything. It's about seeing that you're actually, in a very subtle way, you're producing something on that. So the way you can help people simply put, uh, stop meddling with them. We'll correct anyone. I sometimes say, when people say, well, I, I want my husband to meditate or my, I would like to teach my children. I, I mean, it depends on who it is. I might not be super rude, but I also might say, mind your own business. Let, let them do what they want to do. And if they see, they got they have eyes, they're looking at you, they're watching what you're doing. And quite often, if you're a meditator and your spouse is not, they'll, and you don't calm down or cool off or become more peaceful, they're right after you trying to find out, I thought all that meditation was going to help you be more peaceful and stuff. And you seem to be more angry than you ever have. Misunderstanding. So I what do I say? I'm going to say it over and over again. Make them drag it out of you. Promote nothing. Buddhism, uh, this spiritual path, as far as I'm concerned, is not for sale. It's not to be promoted unless somebody brings their desire or their wish. Something has happened in their karma where they say, I really need to train my mind. I need to find out what this is. I need some help. Not just uh, a therapist, psychiatrist, or anyone else. And again, don't misunderstand me. I think those are who can't do that. Not everybody's going to do this. So some people really need a, a therapist. Some people need a psychiatrist. Some people need a, some people just need to jog. They need to do whatever they need to do. And so I wouldn't interfere if someone had a different idea about how to work with their mind. Some people, we have a yoga studio over here. People come and practice yoga when, uh, and since you let's cheers and go and practice yoga <laughs> uh, but you know but it's not about promoting and some people really need to work with their mind uh, in a, 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 a way that's very direct working with the body so did I did I miss uh, uh, did I was I too far away from the response that you feel like would be helpful to you uh, 
Yeah, I understand a bulk of what you said, Sokuzan, about receiving being a very key part of this, helping. But when, let's say, the example you gave of somebody then is trying to extract out of you, okay, what is this meditation or what do you do or whatever, then how do you produce? Again, um, yes, respecting imagination. I got you. And so what I would say is it's different with each person. Uh, some people, you, as I say, make them drag it out of you. Make say, well, just answer what, if they ask you a question, respond. But nothing else, no elaboration. If they say, well, how has that helped you? And you, it would be different for each person and depend on who it was asking. If you're clear about what their dilemma is, and you're, then you're probably pretty clear about what your own is. You might say something as simple as, uh, it might be even somewhat difficult. You might have to actually what, be honest and say, I'm not sure yet. I don't know. And say, well, you've been doing this for, uh, for a couple of years and you still don't know. And then, you know, it depends on you. If they came that direction, if I was in that direction, I would say, well, um, I don't have to know what's, the end of the, what, what's at the end of this path. I just know I'm on this path and I'm not really sure what I could respond to that would be fundamentally helpful to you. And then if then if they take that and then if they pry or or get more nosy about what you're up to, then it might be time to share that. But always do it in relationship with them. As Trungpa Rinpoche said a long time ago, the best relationship is no relationship. Contemplate that. That cannot be explained. You can't explain that. All right. Thank you. That's kind of how I was concluding that uh, help. Actually, I wouldn't know if I'm helping or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you won't get any. You won't get any thank yous. Well, you might, but they're just. Uh, that's just being polite. People thank me all the time. I know they don't mean it. <laughs> what you would do is, however, someone shows up to ask you questions, uh, then you would just respond with what how they're. Phrasing the question, or so you can you can see more deeply into what they really want to know. They might just want to know what the hell are you doing this for, because of that, because because of their interest in you and your dynamics. And they've seen, you know, for a long time you're a Boy Scout, and then you went in the army, you know, and then you then you lived down in Mexico for a while and, and became an exchange student, and you know, and they'll just and all of that is they're carrying their that identity around with them. So when they ask you a question, suddenly you're uh, you're practicing Buddhism, you're practicing meditation. You know, that might be pretty confusing for them. So they might, their particular karma, their style, their uh, happiness or difficulty with their life or whatever may not, may, the first noble truth, of course, is life is suffering. A lot of people don't see that. They have it covered up. Covered up. Just like I think uh, Shoda was saying, Shoda's a fully ordained monk and said when he first heard that, didn't you say that you didn't think you were suffering? Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you need to be reminded that. And it's not nihilism. It's just the truth. But people can live their whole life and have suffering, have difficulty, fight with their spouse, but just have some other activity that keeps them from really looking deeply into that and right up to the point where they're, you know, 65 years old and die, you know, and without really ever seeing what it is to be a living being outside of Buddhism, just to find out who this is, what this is. It's uh, astonishing. But it's, it's astonishing, uh, not because it's contrasted with something that's ordinary or simple. It is both ordinary and simple and astonishing at the same time. All the dualities collapse. 
you have no reference point anymore. You know, the whole idea of the bodhisattva is for someone who's dealing with duality. It's not someone who, who sees reality. Am I making any claims? Of course not. Why would I do that? I start doing that, I might get followers. <laughs> there are a few questions on YouTube. The first from Semi. Who? Semi. S-E-M-I. Okay, Semi. Is the ego the one that produces? So the production uh, uh, is, uh, is uh, attributable to the, the, the identity somewhat and, and quite a bit and depending on the situation it's very much dependently arisen so there is a ego is, is unreal so it doesn't matter what it does but if if that aspect of the consciousness that is uh that has bled into for what to use that kind of a metaphor or image bled into the belief in somebody in the yoga charge tradition is called the seventh consciousness then um then that gets very strong and very real and seems very real. So it seems necessary to not so much to get rid of it, but to see that it's, uh, it, ha it has no, has no credentials. There's no, there's no credentials there for it. Did I miss the question? Semi paraphrase yourself. <laughs> Go ahead. Two questions from Joseph. And Joseph. What is the middle way between your teachings that I put into practice and your teachings that I don't put into practice? Uh, that's your business. I endeavor, whether I do or not, I, I just do the best I can to meet people where they're at, whether they're Buddhists or whether, uh, as you, you, if you've been around me very much, you know, I don't promote, other than I, I might say train your mind if you're having difficulty, but I don't promote being a Buddhist, uh, sewing robes or any of that. That's, you guys have to do that if, if you even want to. So I, I would say, uh, Joseph, uh, I don't think there's any difference. If you think there's difference, then maybe you should look closer at that because it look, all looks the same to me. His next question. Is it still genuine to consider you my teacher if I also follow teachers and teachings that strongly appear to conflict with you and yours? Well, it might it might be more difficult for you. I'm not against that. Do whatever you want to do. If people that are that are, are ordained begin to do that, then I would question it. Not because they're doing something wrong, just because it makes it confusing for everybody. Then I mean, I might as well leave. <laughs> I just won't be here anymore. I'll go do something else. So in your situation, Joseph. Uh, I would say you should do whatever you want to do. But if you're, if you're following this teacher and following that, the linear quality might work okay. You go from one teacher to the next, but it's dread to, to do them all at once and then take your own position on which teacher is right. I like, kind of, I like what Thich Nhat Hanh says here, but Sokazan doesn't say that. But, you know, Sokazan has some good points. I mean, at one point, what was that one point he made that was such a good one? Um, don't do anything unless you have to. Some people just love that. Because they, they wish they had thought of it. <laughs> Which, of course, everybody's thought of that. So, no, there's nothing to correct there. No, you can do whatever you like. So, you're, you're, you tell me what. I, I don't produce students. I, I can't. I'm nobody unless I have a student. I mean, as far as being a teacher, I can't teach unless somebody comes and shows up uh, with a question. Just like 
Joseph, just like your question, I'm, I'm allowed to fundamentally respond to you as a, as a teacher. And what I'm doing is the way I understand you and having met you and practice with you, I would say you're, you're fine. Keep doing whatever you're doing. Shoto. Do you use our projections as credentials to help teach? Give me an example of what you, do I use your projections? I mean, like, I have a little bag of everybody's projections. Now, silly, I know, okay, so uh, do, I, do I look at the way you're projecting and then do I uh, react to you or fundamentally uh, operate in, in, in tune with that preconception so that I can better teach you somehow? Yeah. No. No, it's just a vow. It's very, it's not personal. It's just a vow. And so I, anything could happen. I make no plans. I mean, it's even having this, uh, doing this order of immediate light, it's like I downloaded that from somewhere. So it wasn't my idea. How are your doubts different from my doubts? Um, there's no doubter over here. The doubts are really, really intense, but there's no one who doubts anything. So the doubts are just dependent on and they're coming from, I don't know where this karma came from. I don't even how, how I got, uh, who built this? <laughs> I, I don't know how I got here. I don't know how this turned out the way it did because 20, 30 years ago, it didn't look like this was gonna happen. So I have no idea. But the, everything, all, everything I had when I was, uh, I'm still a thief. I still want to take stuff that doesn't belong to me. I don't. I, mean, I don't think, have I taken anything like this? <laughs> it's very tempting when I go in a hardware store. We don't do that. Tools. <laughs> Pliers, screwdrivers. Yeah, we don't do that these days. So uh, <laughs> the COVID blessing. <laughs> so that, that was very, I'm just saying, I'm using it. It was just really painful for me when I was young because I had kind of an impulsiveness one, and I had nobody I could talk to. And if anybody, the way my parents were very, you know, ordinary kind of discipline where they strike you if you do something that's wrong. So it was, it was really difficult. And there was no help for that. Yes. Um, the doubt that you're um, describing from, from your consciousness without a doubter, is there content? Is there what? Content. Yeah, but it's not separate from the space in which the content occurs. If you want something real philosophical. Is it? Well, maybe a simpler question. Is there? <laughs> There's a simpler one. Go ahead. <laughs> I like that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I like this too. Oh, yeah, your laugh is your laugh is kind of, <laughs> and my laugh's more like mine's kind of more masculine, right? Right. <laughs> is there um, yes. a story or content to what arises that feels or appears as doubt? It, it appears as doubt? You said you have no. doubts. Yeah. And we have doubts, but yours is different. There's not well, doubts. They're just doubts, but there's no there's no one, uh, no no one who's having them, who needs to get rid of them, uh, who needs to have no doubts, even though I use uh, the idea of certainty. But it's, it's not something that goes beyond. It's not separate from doubt. All the polarities, I don't know how to, how to say it any more clearly than if you find one thing, any you name anything, dharma, any dharma, it'll have an opposite. 
and realization, all those opposites to just to say it descriptively collapse into each other and you can't find right for wrong, right or wrong. You can't find success and failure. You can't find life and death. You can't find it. You can't find it. You can't find it. And so that's why it's so terrifying to ego to run into the dark hole off to the side. It wants to go somewhere else and maybe it should. I send people into the light all the time. Not ready for the darkness. Go ahead. Um, in your consciousness. Well, Wait, well be careful. Now. You're, know, you're talking about my consciousness. Yeah, okay. Let me, let me relax here a little bit. It feels okay. like doubt is there. Feels like doubt. Okay, I got it. Do um, stories that seem associated with that pop in the Yeah. Further question? I can say it another way, and this this might be difficult, but nothing's changed. If it had changed, it would be relative, and then it would change back. If you die, you're, you know, you're dead. You're, you're gonna come back. If you think you die, then you're gonna come back. It's, it's the duality, uh, Advaita. Non-duality is, is, there isn't any other thing. There isn't anything else anywhere. It just looks like it intensely, and it's, a, it's an inc incredibly, uh, a strong, it's called delusion. And this is what the Buddha looked at. He didn't look at enlightenment. He looked at the delusion. He looked into the garbage. He looked into the palm of his hand and saw the Buddha. You can do that. You can do that. Go ahead. If nothing happens or nothing happened, is there a contrast you could point to when there was a doubter? Mm -hmm. Yeah, more more fretting about it and worrying and, and then feeling uh, sad or guilty or trying to figure out how to change or how to act different and be different or, uh, yeah, that's how I, that's how I uh, met the Trungpa because of suffering, intense anger and suffering. And, you know, by the time I met him, I'd gotten the, the stealing to a minimum. I was still stealing from a factory I worked in. Don't tell anybody. Do they? You know, maybe there's no statute limitations on that. They can come and how about all those screws you sold? <laughs> so is that my my responding to the question in, in the way that you're asking it? I have another question. Go ahead, please. So how can you talk about that contrast and also say that nothing's happened? Because the happening and nothing happening are also not separate. Also, this is what this is. This is what this uh, Anjali or Gasho is about. This and that. This. It's just a, a physical gesture that says respect, or it says not to. Go ahead. What create to use the the idea of rochig or one taste? What creates the illusion of the multiple tastes? Preferences. And it's not that the preferences aren't fueled by dependent origination. I mean, uh, we're not saying that the smell of uh, the lavender and the smell of uh, uh, kalpu are should be treated with some kind of uh, um, equanimity or something. No, you see the difference, but you you see the what the difference is, but you also realize they're fundamentally get their 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 meaning, their nature, their presence from each other. I'm just picking that out because it's a big contrast in terms of fragrance, but it's true with everything. 
Buddhas and sentient beings are not two different things. But the, the sentient being can stumble around in samsara uh, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Are there separate lifetimes? I don't know. I have no idea. Not interested in that kind of proof. I'm not writing a book about that, but I also don't look away from it. I look at it all the time in myself and others if they if I have their permission. Sir? Is another way of saying that pol that polarities collapse that you bring up, is that like looking at white and not forgetting about black? <sighs> That's pretty creative. <laughs> Ask it the other way around. Looking at black and not forgetting about white. Is that like looking at black and not forgetting about white? No. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Are you trying to confuse me? <laughs> it's a good. I understand what you're saying, uh, but I, there, there's not a there's no particular response that that would be direct enough to fundamentally help what, what is behind that kind of a question without entering uh, that, that uh, circus tent that you've just created in order to ask it. You follow me? Yeah. You think too much. Don't stop thinking too much. Just be aware of how much you think. Don't correct anything. Fix nothing. Nothing is broken. <laughs> you disagree, right? <laughs> <laughs> Junchu thinks Shoto should be repaired. <laughs> well, that's what you've been working on. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years now of that. Shoko Bowing. Yes. We have two questions in the chat box. Go ahead. First one's William Murray. William. No <laughs> one is here and no one out there. What is this? Again, please. If no one is here and no one out there, what is this? What well, with that? It's an illusion, but the thing about an illusion doesn't mean it isn't here. It just means that what you're seeing is unreal. It has no fundamental reality to it. And because if you just look at the the three marks of existence, which our uh, um, junior uh, monks were talking about yesterday, that everything's changing. Every everything is nothing lasts. Nothing. You can't find a symbol, a, a single thing that has any duration. Uh, that that says, oh, it's going to be there forever. And if it if it's going to be there forever, like you say, well, space will be there forever, but it has no status. You can't you can't. The only way you know it's even there is something else moves in it, and even that's illusory, because what is moving in the space is not separate from the space itself. Joker bowing. Next one's from uh, Andrea De Sonia. Andrea pronounced that correctly. Good. I find that when I occasionally take an instant dislike to someone, it is because they remind me of myself. Being in the same area as someone who reminds me, who reminds of myself is difficult. How do I interact with these people? Stay away from them. Don't, don't OD on anything. Train your mind. Stay away from them. And, you know, you could do it a little bit, depending on there's all kinds of other considerations. I mean, if it's a, if it's a family member or relative, you might have to, you know, uh, go into that uh, environment occasionally. But don't over don't don't try to do it so that you'll think better of yourself. No improvement, Mis just a mis misunderstanding. You can benefit 
from listening to an old man who spent three decades trying to improve. You can benefit from that. Don't bother with it. Find out who you are. You don't, if you need to practice tantric practices, come and see me. I'll help you. Or go see a llama. Then you get the actual, the true thing instead of just something that some old man made up. Or, or uh, um, I mean, it's so different with every person. Some people may need to do some kind of creation completion practice where they're doing what's called deity yoga may need to do that. And, but most of the people I meet can just sit down, hold still, and, and there's enough creation going on. The completion is what's necessary. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves, watch the whole world just collapse and come back and collapse and come back over and over again. And as far as your, your, your person you're having difficulty with, if I were to talk to you more about it, I might say something more specific because of, you know, if it's like a brother or something, or if it's just a neighbor, uh, if it's something you can keep your distance, uh, you know, find something else to sharpen the awareness on rather than try to do it with a, you know, trying to sharpen it on something that's just way too uh, rough or way too slippery or way too, way too, way too, any of those textures. Yeah, don't do it. And, or, and then another way that you could address that is what is your motivation for doing that at all? Look at your intention. Your intention, uh, a lot of times, will if you look at, just look at the intention and if you're a meditator, which I know you are, um, sit down and you'll see that the intention might sneak up on you. You might say, oh, I, I just want their approval, even though I don't like them. Even though I'm uncomfortable around them, I, I want them to approve of me some way, or at least um, yeah, something along. It could show up lots of different ways. Further questions? Go ahead, Sokar. So, Sokar and Bowing, uh, you were talking to Chiazan about a bodhisattva identity. No. Um, and sometimes you speak about manners. It seems like manners to me. Is this the practice of morality or Sheila? Is what? Is practicing the Bodhisattva's identity, an example of Sheila? Yes. And you know, Sokran, that's gonna show up so much differently with each person. So there, that's, if you, if you study that and you study the way, uh, not, not only the way I talk about it, but the way you, whatever you've read and however you uh, look at that, those, uh, as Coben, uh, Coben Tina Roshi told me many, many years ago, uh, you don't, take precepts, you observe them. It's the only direct teaching I got from him that was in, in the form of words. I got a lot of other direct teaching that was not words. So Karen Bowing, when does it go from practicing morality to trying to be something that you're not bowing? All the time. <laughs> Doing it all the time. Don't, don't, don't agree, don't agree, uh, don't disagree, and don't shut down. And that way you'll begin to see the true nature of the phenomena that are arising as your ideas, your thoughts, your thought patterns, your uh, conclusions, your opinions, your vow. Watch what's moving in the space without necessarily attaching to it. But if you do attach, don't detach. 
uh, you probably will not hear me say very often, maybe once every hundred times I have the impulse to do that. Just let go. I don't say that. I say, watch how you hang on. Because if you ultimately needed to let go, if you see very clearly the way in which you're entwined with some particular thing, you see it clearly, it just falls apart because it is maintained through your agreement or your objection or your ignorance. It's maintained through the three poisons. And if you try to, if you try to, you're just going to war with something that uh, may fight back, may not, but probably won't unwind the, the, that snake has to wind in, of its own. It just has to unwind itself. And how does it do that? You see that it's unreal. At the same time, it sucks. Go ahead. A question from Robert Switek. Robert. Does dispassionate movement provide for awareness in the area of suchness? Repeat that, please. Does dish, dispassionate movement Provide for awareness in the area of suchness. Damn if I know. That's a big one. Um, if it does, then, then that's what happens. But if it doesn't, then it doesn't happen. But in either case, it's suchness. But it's only suchness uh, uh, as it is. It's not suchness as you understand suchness. If you understand suchness, you have work to do. When I say work, there's a wall, there's a wall, there's a cushion, there's a teddy bear. This is, let me introduce this teddy bear. This is Rumi's teddy bear. This was my mother's and then I located it and now it's Rumi's and this is called, the name of this teddy bear is oh so and so? As? As? And so and so, and so is Japanese for teddy bear. <laughs> Circle. <laughs> Here you go, and so and so. <laughs> so we're past our time, but I, I can answer another question if anyone has one. Yes. One more online. Go ahead. From Jeremy Stout. Jeremy Stout. Go ahead. The sheer loneliness of practice particularly without Sangha, how to keep moving forward. Uh, read that again, because I didn't catch the first part of that. The sheer loneliness yeah. of practice, particularly without Sangha, how to keep moving forward. Well, I'm pretty biased in this area. There's a Sangha here that I talk to every day. And uh, these days, the COVID season has brought about a situation where you can hook up on Zoom. Um, I don't know, is that available on the website or... If you go to our website, sokokoji.org, I think that's all you have to do. Um, and just go there and then you can uh, connect with you or one of you guys. <laughs> and and there's no fee for it. I mean, you know, you should send, up, send us all of your gold bullion, of course. But, no, but you can connect up with the community and we study uh, every day at noon. We study three days two evenings a week, a Monday and Tuesday, and then some other connections with other sanghas here and there. And uh, also a really good one is uh, uh, Susan Pivers. Uh, every every weeknight at six o'clock, I uh, talk for about 15 minutes and give some instruction and we meditate. And then there's other, uh, Susan has other teachers on there. 
I don't know how many. Does anybody know how many? I mean, Kevin's on there some, and, and Susan's on there. But so yeah, and then that might be a way that would help you at least sit down and study the study the Dharma with others. We've we've been studying Tuesday nights. Um, we've been studying uh, cutting through spiritual materialism by my teacher Joe Gim Trumpa for probably ten years, eight years, nine years, longer. That's Kelly this is when she showed up, we started with Tuesday night. Oh, that's when we did it? Okay. Well, I guess what I'm saying by that is uh, maybe not in this uh, monastery, in this uh, situation, but in some kind of a study group for, uh, I started studying that with a group in uh, 1974, I think. But yes, you can you can connect that way and th that may help some. Uh, I don't know, don't know where you're located. And with the whole COVID thing, it's kind of hard to, know when this is going to turn around but it's looking better but at some point you just come here if you want or there's there's other sanghas just on the internet there's everything out there and if this uh if this uh situation sounds good then uh check it out not for everyone but we study eight eight or nine different texts eight or nine study periods and quite a few texts yeah so eight or nine study periods and some of them we double up on myth of freedom i think we do twice so you, you, it's good to get a, a PDF or a, the book itself, but you don't have to. We, we study, read very slowly. So that may help you. Uh, and the other one is face um, the wall, do a lot of it. We'll dedicate the merit now. <clears throat> May the merit of this penetrate to all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the The three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. 